Well, you've done it. You finally reached the bottom of the barrel of podcasts, a place where stupidity meets insanity meets a microphone. Your host, a man who is, well, you'll just have to judge for yourself as he takes you through the wasteland of society, history, politics, sports, commentary, pop culture, and all of its modern depravity. Don't turn back now. You're at Dane Bramage. Good luck and Godspeed. What's going on, everybody? It's Jeff. It's Dane Bramage. Just another little, uh, I guess you call my rants. Um, seems to be somewhat popular. I mean, like, the, there's a lot of people that listened to my last rant from last week about field traction, nocturnal emissions, and whatnot. So that's that's always cool, man. Uh, kind of a somber day today. Uh, my boss and Celtics are really just eating ass. Um, yeah, I, I don't get it, man. This team got all the way to the NBA championship last year, and we... <sighs> I, you know, if there was one team I was worried about, it wasn't so much the heat because, you know, you, you neutralize Jimmy Butler and you can kind of kind of take advantage of that. <clears throat> and I think the heat would go, would, would match up poorly against the Celtics because the Celtics are so tall, you know, so big in all their positions. But, um, man, the one team I didn't want them to play was the 76ers. And... Joel Embiid is just a monster, dude. He's just a freaking just a monster, man. A center that's shooting three-pointers and can dribble. You know, it's just it's 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 so different than the basketball I grew up with. Like the basketball I grew up with, of course, you had MJ. Um, you know, later years you had Kobe. The beginning of my life, I had, you know, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, Isaiah Thomas. All those guys, and you know, the great centers though during the time when I was a kid was your Hakeem Olajuwon, Patrick Ewing, those guys. You know, the back to the basket types that would take the ball and try to shoot from you know inside the paint, um, dominate inside, big body dudes, um, athletic, crazy athletic, but they weren't asked to shoot. You know, past maybe. They weren't. They weren't asked to shoot outside the post. Like that. Like you're not. You weren't going to catch Hakeem Olajuwon hitting three pointers. Like that was. That was just unthought of. Like there's no way anyone. Now he could pass. Hakeem Olajuwon was great. And, and you know what? The thing was, a lot of these guys were just so good at dominating the post that it didn't matter if they couldn't shoot from the outside. So no one really knew because it didn't matter. You know. Um, every once in a while, Patrick Ewing could. You know, shoot one a little bit deeper in the post, kind of like in that that uh, old school two point area that's kind of you know about two feet away from the three point line. Um, a lot of that MJ Kobe area, I like to call it. But uh, yeah, man, it's it's it sucks, dude. Oh God, I really thought the Celtics were gonna have it this year to get to the championship and actually win this year, and I just don't think they got it, man. Joel Embiid is a monster. James Harden is just toying with them. Um, you know, he's making Marcus Smart, who this guy was the NBA defensive player of the year last year. It, it just, he's looking in net. I, I don't, so I don't know what they can do, man. They're, they, you know, you go down three, two in a series, man. It's, it's rough. I mean, there, believe me, there's been tons of teams that have come back, but 
I don't know. We'll see. Um, you know, it seems like if the three-pointer is not falling, like last night, if the three-pointer is not falling, then the Celtics look just lost. Um, you know, they, they're not making their shots on these wide-open looks, man. Like, just, there was a couple times last night, man, where you just had Tatum or a couple of the guys. Brown, Brown was not the factor he usually is. But, you know, then again, the Celtics sometimes answer back. We'll, we'll see. We'll see, man. This is, you know, this is the playoffs. It's a different environment. Um, I was hoping that the Celtics would just be able to roll over the 76ers, but I, I don't, I just, I'm too pessimistic when it comes to sports, man. Sports have ruined me. <laughs> sports have ruined me as a man. <laughs> um, they just have. Uh, I, I have been become so embittered by the things I have seen over my 41 years on this planet, at least 35 of them watching sports. I have seen the destruction of my Yankees. I've seen the destruction of the Celtics. I've seen the destruction of the Packers. Speaking of which, right now, man, the Packers are kind of interesting right now, man. Jordan Love, <clears throat> I'm kind of kind of curious to see what he's going to do. I mean, this was a guy they drafted three years ago, like to be the the heir apparent Aaron Rodgers, and you know Aaron Rodgers got all freaking butt hurt by it. And I, you know, it's a business, man. It's a football is a business, whether you like it or not. And the the Packers. You know, I can understand where he was coming from because Green Bay... Gotta get my coffee in me. Hold on just a second. Uh, doo -doo -doo. Mm -hmm. So the Packers, you know, they they had Aaron Rodgers for, for a good... I want to say it was a good 12-year run, 13-year run, where Aaron Rodgers was the man... They win their Super Bowl. They had this great young... I mean, they were the third or fourth youngest team in the NFL the year they won the Super Bowl, right? And they make every bad personnel decision you can make. Some of it was unlucky. Like, we had this safety called... His name was... Uh, he was called... His name was Nick Collins, man. And people don't remember him at all. But he was one hell of a freaking free safety. I mean, really, this guy was an awesome free safety, man. He was definitely a quarterback of the backfield. Great hitter, great ball skills, just incredible safety. And he gets injured, career-ending injury, the third game of after the Super Bowl. Um, so, you know, they, they, have, they, they, they had a point where they were putting Charles Woodson back there at safety, and Charles Woodson was not in the position to play safety. You know, Charles Woodson was a blitzing almost nickel corner at that point of his career. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, we had Tremont Williams. We had uh, Sam Shields. We had a lot of these great young corners, but they just, that, that year they came back after the Super Bowl. And, you know, they, they got rid of Bishop at linebacker. I mean, they they, they mod made a lot of personnel moves that I was like, okay, why are they doing that? You know, like um, they had this, I think, it doesn't matter if you run a 3-4 or 4-3. Your defensive scheme, if you do not have the personnel for the defensive scheme you're running, and they're not all hitting all eight, so it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out. And uh, you had um, Colin Jenkins was a 
defensive end they had along with Ryan Pick. Now they ran a 3 4. So you had two really big body dudes, three, three altogether big body dudes, but the ends, usually a 4 3, your ends are going to be kind of a, a, a more lean, faster guy to rush from the outside. I got some jerk off, you know, rubbing his bike. Everybody wants to hear that early in the morning, right? Um, anyways, uh, you know, by the way, if you're one of these assholes that likes to go through a residential neighborhood at two o'clock in the morning and like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, dude, is your penis that small? Like, I'll never understand guys that need to exhibit power in a vehicle when no one cares. No one cares, bro. I hate to tell you that. No one gives a shit. Now, if you line up next to like a Lamborghini and you're in like some 69 Chevelle SS, all right, man, you know, throw up some power. That's fine. Cool. Whatever, dude. Do what you got to do. If you're next to another bike, okay, man, you know, rev it up. Whatever. Do, do your thing, right? But, man, if you're in a residential neighborhood, and like I said, it's the middle of the day or 2 o'clock in the morning, shut the fuck up. Go home or go to wherever you go. Your small penis convention. Um... Just go on. Be gone. Be gone with your life. Quit waking up, people, man. Like, gosh dang, dude. I got two little boys, and one of them's a baby still. And, you know, when they hear the burr, like, yeah, that wakes them right up. You know, uh, don't really need to hear that shit. Why don't you just keep it to yourself? Or if you're one of these jackasses that likes to work in his garage at 9 o'clock at night, when keep in mind, man, my, my wife has to go to sleep early. I go to sleep early. I wake up at 2 in the... Well, obviously you listen to me talk right now. Um, I wake up pretty damn early in the morning and I got to hear you working on your stupid four wheelers. Like, I don't stop it. Go to bed. Work on the shit in the morning when it matters. Like quit tweaking and drinking beer and working on your stupid ass car. Like enough is enough, man. Come on. I, I get that's your hobby. I understand that. And, and God bless you. But man, like have just a Whatever happened that, you know, why'd you put that Joker thing on there on Facebook yesterday? I don't know, because I feel like that a lot. And it's not, I'm not, I'm not going to go on the Murray whatever show and shoot the guy in the head, no. But, I'll tell you why I did that. I'll tell you why I did that. First off, I hadn't seen that scene from the Joker in like three years. And that scene is so powerful, because it's finally a guy, and I look at him like just... You know, I, I I hate to sound like a victim. I'm not a victim, okay? Like, no, I, I am not a victim of society. This is not a bad religion song. Um, wait a minute, is that Pennywise? Anyways, um, I, mean, I couldn't remember the Epitaph record label a couple of nights. Anyways, uh, um, yeah, so I'm not a victim of society. I'm just me. I'm just trying to make it. You know, like, just like everyone else, we're all trying to make it in this world. We're all trying to make it in this life. We're doing the best we can. But here's the thing. So, I post that scene because I get that way sometimes. Where I just feel like everyone is awful. And the part that he says, and, it, and I just, you know, I, I dealt with some Nigerian scammer yesterday. I was telling, I was trying to tell him this as he was trying to ask me to ID me on Facebook. By the way, buddy, I didn't know there was a lot of Morgans in Nigeria. Anyways, um, you always know who these fools are. And I, I guess I humored the guy for a while. And it's like, oh, okay. I couldn't, well, I'm doing his voice now because I got him. I'm, 
I'm imagining what he was saying is like, I can help you with your career. It's like, oh yeah, like why do you need why do you need my all you have to do is trust me. It's like, why do you need my ID me? Why do you need why do you need all my banking information? <laughs> Send me a check, dude. Come on. What are you my benefactor? Right. Okay. Um and by the way, Nigerians, uh yeah, I know you think Americans, every one of us is loaded to the gills and we're all just millionaires. Yeah, not true, my friends. Not true. Not true at all. There's a lot of us actually having a really freaking hard time right now. So back off. Why don't you go scam your own freaking people, man? Quit picking on fucking people that are that are vulnerable. You know, what's it like to be a psychopath these days? Okay, so I'm going to get like Joker right now. I'm sorry, I'm getting animated right now because it's just like what the, that scene said. No one seems to give a shit what it's like to be the other guy anymore. No one cares. There's no, no one is civil. There, there, there's no give a damn about someone else. When someone's struggling or having a hard time, all these gatekeepers out here, they're just locked. I'm going to keep that fucker locked because I don't want him to take what I have. It's like, dude, it's not yours. None of this. None of this is ours, guys. I hate to tell everyone this. None of this is ours. Okay? It's God's. Whether we like it or not, it's God's. All this was given to us. So if he wants to take it away, he can take it away in a minute. He wants to take the most precious thing in the world to you, and I I can't even go there mentally, but if he wants to take something so precious to you, then he's going to take it because it's his. We're all his. We're not our own. We didn't do anything to bring ourselves into this world. Okay? We're, we're all just doing our best. And yeah, some people are able to amass a, a fortune. Some people are able to amass, uh, you know, property. Some people are able to amass an, an empire. But you can't hold on to it forever. And I think our government right now... <clears throat> And the United States is going through a phase where they're trying to hold on to everything so desperately, so desperately that they're willing to do it. Uh, we're going to print money. Uh, you know, I mean, just uh, when the pandemic hit, you know, the, the panic, the panic of the bank. Oh, we got, we just put, you know, a bunch of money. Oh, fix it. Oh, you know, now we're paying for this shit, guys. And I knew we would, I was running around screaming at the top of my head, quit printing money in 2020. Quit printing money. I know everybody likes that $1,000 check. Quit it. It's going to make everything worse. Inflation's going to hit. It's going to be terrible. You can't just release billions on top of billions on top of trillions of dollars into the economy. And everything just turn out just fine. It's never worked before in the past. It's never going to work in the future. Our dollar is so shit. You have the BRICS conference going on. Guys, it's a rough world out there. I'm not going to lie to you. It's, It's rough out there. So yeah, I felt a lot like the Joker a couple days ago where I'm just sitting around and it's like, I'm so sick of just how so many people are so, and it's only going to get worse because the selfishness is just becoming so damn terrible, rampant. And I get it, man. You know, you got to fight so hard for your little piece in this world, your little, your little slice of the pie, you know, and, and, and that's just how it is. But, I mean, I'll give you a little bit piece of advice. You're never going to be happy. 
the more you're trying to put your guard up and build your fences and your walls and you try to protect all the shit you have and make sure it stays in your possession and no one ever gets their hands on it and yada, 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 it's just going to make you miserable and paranoid. And I think that's what's going on with a lot of people right now. Everyone's just paranoid and miserable. Everybody's looking, everyone's suspect of their neighbors. Like, oh, they're going to come over and take my shit. Ah! It's like, if you're, let me put it like this. And it says it in the Bible that what you value, what you covet will be taken from you because you covet it because you want it. It's your, I want it. It's mine. I'm not going to give it up. You know, all your, whatever you have, I'm I'm not going to give it freely. No, 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 it's mine. Well, it's going to get taken from you. Because you didn't want to give it away. You didn't want to give it freely. You weren't, you weren't free with your time and money or whatever. You weren't charitable. So you're going to lose it. You're going to lose it. But for those that are willing to just give freely, to just let go, you'll get it all back. And, and maybe not in the way you want it to come back, but it'll come back. It'll come back. I promise you seen enough in this world to know that that that's you know hey that's how it works so i know it's hard out there and i know everyone wants to you know i i go through it myself i want to hold on to a couple hundred bucks but i can't you know i can't because i got to be willing to give it Got to be willing to give the little bit I have because there's always, there's always someone, man, believe me, if there's anything I know in this world, there is someone. And that's why it's so important to think about the other guy. There is someone out there. that has got it way worse than you do, way worse than you do, you know? So, you know, you got all these people running around, oh, get gold, you know, everyone needs to get gold. Yeah, and, I get, and that's practical sound advice, but some of us can't afford to go out and get an ounce of gold there, folks. Some of us don't have $3,000 just sitting around to go, ah, go get gold. I mean, the perception is that everyone has this money in like the savings account, and that's not true. You know, I know enough people in my life, my, my person, you know, my circle of influence, whatever you want to call it, that don't have anything in the bank account. Nothing. They're struggling, man. They're struggling just to pay the bills, just to make ends meet, to buy food right now. My God, it's crazy. It's crazy. And the more, the more government gives out and doles out and all that shit, the worse it's going to get. And it's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And then I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, we're again, we're going to go in this 2024 election. Everybody's going to be looking for the savior, for the highlands, for the, you know, for the person that's going to turn it all around. Oh, the savior's here. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Well, no, it's not going to be that way, guys. Not one person is not going to change all the crap because there is a pile of shit and every administration is just past the buck from literally George W. Bush on. So we're in the fourth administration, going to be fifth administration, just passing that buck, passing that buck, passing that buck. Oh, I don't want to deal with it here. You take it. I don't want to deal with it here. You take it. I don't want to deal with it here. You... And everyone makes promises that they're going to, we're going to pay down the deficit. Blah, blah, blah. And then they use some kind of Kung Fu 
crazy fucking magic to say that, oh, well, well actually, we're paying down the deficit, see? See, it's just, it's just a number. We balanced the budget. <laughs> Not true. We haven't had a balanced budget since like 1997. <laughs> you know, let's get real here, guys. We, we haven't balanced the books of this nation since I was... I wasn't even... <laughs> it was before I was 18, okay? I'm in my friggin' 40s. And everybody wonders, well, why so everyone's so irresponsible now with their finances. Well... If you watch your government do it on a daily basis, why the hell should you be any different? You know? And everybody just thinks, like, this savior's going to come along. Trump, uh, Biden, Kamala Harris, this person, this person, that person. You know, they're going to save us all. No! Quit it. Quit it. There's no savior. There's no Superman out there that's going to come in and just change our... Yeah, we need heroes, guys. I, I I know that for a fact. We do need heroes, you know. There was times in this nation's history that we've had an abundance of them. Oh, I just want to take it. Oh, yeah. There's been times in this nation's history that we've had an absolute abundance of he of heroes. You know, we had the 40s and 50s with our World War II, post-World War II times, the 50s times, where all we have is heroes, you know. You had a generation of kids reading comic books that just, they, they could see real life heroes though. We had military heroes, we had sports heroes, we had, some of our politicians were heroes, you know. A lot of times, uh, you know, because of World War II, you really couldn't run unless you had some kind of service record. Same as with the Civil War, you know. Politicians couldn't run afterwards unless they had a service record. So, yeah, I mean, that's that becomes important after wars. Um... There was a thing in this country for a long time, a long, long time, where you better have some history of either being in the draft or been drafted for Vietnam. Oh, excuse me. Um, that there better be something in your record that shows that you've served your country at some point. And, you know, with Barack Obama, that literally got... You know what? I should give him, man. This dude, President Obama, he was our president. Um... Wasn't in the military. No one even. No one knew he was. No one. It wasn't even. No one was even trying to imagine he was. You know. Um, and then we get a Cheeto who. You know. Yeah, he was in military school. Okay. Um, Joe Biden. I. Fuck man. I. Maybe the Civil War. <laughs> the Philippine American War. What the hell was he serving in? With the Doughboys, World War One, Jesus, man, this guy is fucking old. God Almighty, it's just crazy. But so, yeah, man. Um, we've had times like that. Um, and so. We're just desperately looking for a freaking hero right now. We're looking for our politicians to just step in and save us and solve all these problems because everyone wants to make sure the TV turns on still and that, you know, everybody gets a nice big fat handout from someone, you know, and, and, and yeah, we can all look, I'm not a, look, I've got nothing against people that need help because some people need help, man. They really do. They really do. And I, 
I wish we were a little bit more charitable like we used to be, but that's starting to fall apart because people are just tired of giving. People are getting so... This apathy and a cynicism is just getting so rampant of just like, why should I help anyone? I'm, I don't know. I, I need help. I it's like, Jesus. Like I said, the more you're willing... The more you try to protect what is yours and, you know, become stingy with it, and people get that way because they get embittered. The more it's not gonna, the more it's gonna just slip out of your fingers. The more it is gonna get taken from you, and then you're gonna go to heaven, and like, and then you're gonna be at the gates, and they're just gonna say, "What did you do when you were down there?" What you know? Explain that one to God, like you know, like, oh, well, I was helping at first, but I wasn't getting anything back in return, so I said no more. Wait a minute, you weren't getting anything back? No, I was not getting anything back in return. I was helping. And I didn't see an immediate return. And I said, no more. Uh, I needed it. And yeah. So so what did you do with it? Is it like, did you put it to good use? Did you purpose it? No, no. I just, it was mine and I wanted to keep it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Like, for real, though. For real, though. I mean, just stop it, man. Stop this shit, dude. Like, stop this fucking... This craziness we're going through right now, man. I, I, I weep for us. Like, I really do. Because I know, I know we know better. I know we know better. I know we can do better. I know it's in every single one of us to do better. So why aren't we doing better? What the hell? Why are we just so... God almighty, just... If anybody's Murray in that Joker scene, man, it's just... It's, it's, it's our personality... You know, some people say, oh, it, he represents the blue pill. Da, da, da. You know, no, it's it's just our personality as people that we're not understanding anymore. And, and yeah, he brought him on the show to make fun of him. You know, he he he, he puts up this, this like, that's what society is doing right now is they put up this persona of like, well, see, I mean, well, I brought him on the show. Yeah, you brought him on the show to make a mockery out of him. Like that, that's why you wanted him there is to, to, is to make fun of him and just, just, just completely berate his ass. I mean, how cruel is that? And I think it's one of those first movies we have where the guy that it, it, he is the villain, he is the Joker. He's not the good guy. We, we look at that and we kind of try to understand like, okay, this, this is how these people are made. And there's a little bit of sympathy for it. There's sympathy for Darth Vader. There's sympathy for the Joker. You know, it's, it's, there's sympathy for these guys. And when we were, at least, you know, people my age were growing up, you, you thought of as the bad guys. You didn't want to know about their, their past. And like, we're so gosh dang quick to make the bad guys. And I I was thinking about this, like, you know, there's a couple things I'm going to kind of shoot off from the Joker. Um, Our media is so prone to tear down. Like that's that's their favorite thing to do. They'll they'll you know we love a comeback story, which is funny because we're we're so quick to tear someone down. But you know, 
if there's a if, if there's redemption, we love it. Like that's an American thing through and through. It's a redemption story to go from from maybe from riches to rags to riches, or just from rags to riches. A, a story of of hitting rock bottom, but then on your way up, and that's something we value very much in this country. Um, and it's starting to slip away because people are having a hard time finding that ladder back up, especially if they've been canceled. You know, I don't know if Kevin Spacey's ever going to find a ladder back up. Louis C.K., he's doing some projects, you know. I mean, he everybody's like, oh, see, he wasn't canceled. He's still doing a show. That's not true, dickface. Like, canceling doesn't mean that they're, they're still allowed to work, so it's okay. No, it's like they, they lost their star. Louis C.K. was one of the biggest comedians in the world, biggest stars in the world until... He masturbated in front of somebody. Well, go oh my God. If you can't handle that, come on, man. I, I want to do a skit where like a, a woman from the 40s comes back to America right now and talks to the girls that, you know, part of this, not not all the Me Too stuff is bad. Some of it is definitely valid. Um, but talks to some of the real crazy fringes of the Me Too that have barely, like, you know, they want to change the skirts of the ball girls at Wimbledon. It's like, oh my God, man, they're sexist. You know, the forties woman be come back and say, well, uh, oh, those aren't so bad. You know, uh, we, uh, we weren't even allowed on the court back in the forties. And if we were, then, uh, well, uh, we were generally giving blowjobs in the uh, training room. You know I mean? It's, it's, uh, and if we got pregnant, uh, well, shit out of luck, kid. I mean, it, it's. That's their lives back then. Now it's like, no, 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 no. It is not going to happen. Everything is sexist. Nothing should be sexist. Everything is up in the air. Women, men, just, there's a gray area all around. It's like, skirts are not to sexual. It's just a look, man. Jesus, give me a fucking break, man. And if they want to put on, that's their choice as the venue. It's tradition. Wimbledon is a tradition. You know, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. Today we give a two squirts of warm piss, warm piss, warm piss about tradition. That has gone completely out the window. And there's some people that I understand tradition sucked for you. I get it. I get it. I get it. But you know what? For the mat for the very mass majority of us, tradition's a good thing. It means family, faith, country. Family, the family unit is the number one most important thing in this country besides God. The fa- fuck the country, the world. The family unit is the most important thing in the world. It builds structure. You can ask any psychiatrist, psychologist that's worth their salt, not one of these postmodern jackasses that wants to mind fuck everything that he can get his hands on. Um, no, the family unit coming from a stable two parent home gives you the best chance at a decent life that is the truth having a parents that love each other and love you that is going to give you the best chance at a successful life whether we like it or not whether we want to throw that out the window whether they want that to change so you can have two mommies or one mommy or five daddies no that's not how it works sorry the family unit there's a reason that it worked for that. And it did work, folks. Like, everybody acts like all this shit we have from before is like, you know, oh, it didn't work. Did it? Oh, really? It didn't? It didn't? Well, it led you to where you are today until we started saying it wasn't good enough. The one thing that we said was good enough for the longest time, which is 
finding someone to marry, getting married, having a couple kids, having a decent job. You know, that, that was the goal. I mean, my God, again, the 40s woman. If you would have told her what women can accomplish today, she would have thought that we were in some kind of utopia, <laughs> you know, because, you know, to most women and the biggest, the biggest misnomer of history is that, well, women were forced in the kitchen. Actually, it's not true at all. Because if you look, look at women work rates through the 1910s, 1920s, that was never the case. I mean, women worked. They worked outside the home for a long time. Factory work. I mean, look at the, the, triangle, uh, the triangle shirt factory fire. Um, those were all women that died. It wasn't men in a factory, in a sewing factory. It was women. Women worked at the Ford plants. Women have been part of the, the American work story forever. Um, so the idea that we just shoved them in the kitchen, a lot of them want, look, I want you to think about something. And this, this, there's a, there's a great uh, documentary called generation zero. And it's just about the baby boomers and how they were raised and, you know, our misconceptions of how, how things were back in the fifties and forties. So if you were a young girl, let's say you were born in uh, 1920. Okay. Um, you were born into a time where maybe your dad didn't come back from World War One, maybe he did. Maybe he had PTSD. He was screaming at night. Maybe half his face was collapsed. Maybe he had shell shock. Maybe this. Maybe that. Okay. Well, you're about eight years old, nine years old, and the Great Depression happens. You lose everything. You watch your family lose everything. Uh, you have the 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 story from like Cinderella Man, where where you're living in some tenement building, or you're living with your your folks and. Uh, they can't afford to have you around anymore. So they do what was called farming you out. You're sent to go live with your aunt somewhere in Iowa because they have a farm and they may have just a little bit of a better situation, a little bit better situation. And here's the thing. If you got sent to a farm in Oklahoma, Colorado, North Texas, Kansas, any of those, those, uh, plains areas, well, it wasn't any better because you had the dust bowl. Sky turned black, filled with dust. Electromagnetic currents were flying through the sky because you, or electrostatic currents were flying through the sky because you had all this freaking dust around. Electrocuting cows, that's how freaking harsh it was. Covering all of your plants, all your crops. You couldn't have a crop yield for years. The scariest pictures ever is, is a picture, I, I forgot the year, but it was during the Dust Bowl in the 30s where there was a black cloud that started over in Colorado and carried all the way to New York City. And it was this gigantic dust cloud. It was dark. It looked like hell was settling into the city. And that had swept all the way across the country. Mm. So, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a hard time for a lot of people, man. Great Depression. So you have this girl growing up, you know, and she's just, this is dramatic being sent over here, this, losing that, losing your home. And then, you know, things get a little tiny, teeny, tatty bit better, a little government scrap here and there. Maybe you got a dad, got a job, you know, doing whatever, didn't pay much, but at least he had a job. Maybe your parents were able to bring you back. Okay. About like 1939, 1940, then all of a sudden World War II hits. Okay, and if your dad was fucked up from World War One, well, now your brother, he's getting sent off to World War Two. Maybe that uh, sweetheart you had in high school, he's getting sent off to World War Two, and they're gonna come back. A lot of them in body bags and coffins, or they're gonna be buried overseas. Right? 
So maybe you lost your dad in World War One. Maybe he screwed up from World War One. Maybe he wasn't. And maybe your dad was a little bit younger. Maybe he had to serve in World War Two. Maybe he didn't. Maybe your brothers did. Uh, you watch them die, get mutilated. Watch the whole world on fire for a good five years. Every corner of the earth on fire. So, I mean, the World War II, man, encompassed every part of this earth except for like South Africa or South America. And I'm not, maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know. Um, but there was a, there was a huge, you know, perception that the, the, the access powers were going to take over, especially when Russia and, um, Nazi Germany were allied. There was a, there was a huge possibility that freedom was going to be lost to this world, that we we're going to be encaged in darkness forever. Mm. That's the polls, what they've been through. Um, so, after World War II, these girls that had grown up through the Great Depression, World War II, if they did, you know, in fact, find their husband afterwards, or their husband came back, or whatever, let's just say, let's just, for, for argument's sake, let's just say you're Gina Davis, League of Their Own, you know, your husband Bob comes back, and he's wounded, but he's back. I'll tell you this much, you're going to do, and, and you, you get, you start having children, these women were so traumatized by what they had observed that they're going to do everything they can to make sure that these kids that are now their children are given everything. The, the, the dream of a, a house in the suburbs with a white picket fence and contraptions in the kitchen, this was a dream to women. This was not some you know, chamber, uh, some, some jail cell. This was a dream. To have the suburban life where your husband goes off to work and he's able to come home with a salary and you're able to stay home and, and, and you know be the domestic woman that you really want to be and take care of your children and make sure they're safe and lavish them with all kinds of gifts and goodies and every day and watch them grow and really enjoy. And this is the first time in our life, in our nation's history, that we're able to sit back and enjoy watching our kids grow up because before, you know, kids were not kids. <laughs> I mean, look at any pictures of tenement buildings and tenement neighborhoods in like 1905, 1908. These kids are running around beating the shit out of people. Look, gangs in New York. These, these, these kids are running around stealing and robbing and, and doing all this shit. You know, smoking cigarettes at like nine years old. I mean, these kids had hard lives until like the 50s. So the idea that women are subject, you know, some, some kind of, I don't even know what they consider that, you know? So that forties woman, she came back and saw this today. This, this is a fucking, it's like, wow, you know, holy shit. Really? I mean, we've got it so damn good now, guys. We don't even realize it. So we're just looking for heroes though. We're, we're out there. We're just saying, this guy's going to fix it. This guy, this gal's going to, everybody, so, someone's going to fix it. And, and it's so fucking dangerous when we do that. I mean, ask Germany, man. If, any, if there's any doubt, ask Germany in the 1920s how this turns out sometimes. I, 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 I'm never going to bet against America because we've had, obviously, like I just said, had some very dark times in our history. And by the grace of God, only by the grace of God, did we pull out of it and actually become better off on the other side. But, you know, 
there is going to be as if as in every time in our nation's history there is going to be a generation that is asked to sacrifice now me personally i think it should be the baby boom generation because they're they've been the ones that have been given everything there's ever been a generation that benefited so well from this country and and the and the situation that they were put in, born into, something they did not earn, they were just born into a situation, it was the baby boomers. If you were born in 1952, man, you've had a pretty damn fine life. I mean, really, though, you've had a damn fine life, and you can't argue that. I mean, you've got, you've gotten to see everything, everything from a man walking on the moon to... Some of the greatest presidents we ever had, to the Cold War, to the fall of the Russian Empire. I mean, I, you've seen it all. Mm. You've been able to acquire all kinds of technological goodies and gizmos and doodads over the years. That have made your life incredibly simple and easy. And does that hurt people? You know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off start getting away from this, but I'm just going to say, man, like there, there, there's a time for sacrifice and maybe it is now. I don't know. I don't know if a great war is coming. I don't know. You know, the shit in Russia is scary. The shit in China is scary. I'm not going to lie. There's nothing good about that situation. I can't point to it and say, hey, everything's going well. Um, I think the world is forgetting how much America has sacrificed to make the world a better place. I really do. I think, I think people of this earth are really forgetting that. I, I, I think they're just looking at us with these contemptuous eyes about, you know, uh, you've had such good for so long, it's bullshit, it's a change. Well, okay, maybe you're right. I, who knows? Who knows? I don't know what it's like to live in a third world country. I couldn't tell you. I know what it's like to live in my country. And I know the good that we do. And it's a hell of a lot more than the bad that we do. Trust me. Trust me. So when China's moving into all these bridge and, bridge and road uh, initiatives, all that shit, I'm telling you right now, they want something in return. It ain't like us where we go and do these nice things for third world countries because we're trying to be decent. China is not doing that, folks. They are not doing that. They're going in there and saying, yeah, we'll help you, but you know, you're going to give us your natural resources. And because America's been given such a bad name all over the world, they're going, oh, maybe it's better to go with these guys. You know, at least we know, at least they're doing something for us and they're not just saying they're going to do something. So anyways... So, here we are. Now, another track I'm on today is incels. This is a phenomenon that came about about, like, I don't know, I guess 10 years ago. Incels, an involuntarily celibate person, mostly men, which is funny because the term incel was actually started by a female um, lesbian, whatever, writer, blogger, or something like that, that, you know, was talking about how, you know, she wanted to be with someone she couldn't find any, anyone to be with. Um, so it has through, you know, 4chan and all these other uh, media outlets has morphed into this group of men that feel that life has shit on them. This is a group of men that grew up around a computer that have lived online their entire lives. They don't get out very much. Um, the nature of autism or seems to be pretty pervasive in, in these in these you know I guess you can call it community where everyone is so you know there's no nuance there's no um, 
so gray areas, everything is black and white. And there's a lot of anger towards women because some of the, some, not all of them, some of them, some people are just lonely. Like I'm going to straight up say it, man, like for real, I think I was an incel growing up. I really do because I was fat. I was chubby. I was doughy. I was shy as all get out. I had a hard time talking to girls. I didn't know how to dress, man. I was that guy in high school with like the color wheel on, you know what I mean? Like just all these different colors on that I could, I didn't know how to match. I didn't know how to do any of this stuff. And God bless my friends. Some of them were just really cool dudes that, you know, it finally sunk in. I grew into my body. I got some confidence, you know, I'm not no damn Don Juan Casanova. I'm actually freaking Don married right now. So, you know, I, I, whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I was able to get a girl. Thank God. You know, um, but I definitely gone through times in my life where I was embittered by what I saw around me. And, and you, you, you know, they have this thing called a Chad, which is a guy that they perceive as being this good looking guy. It's confident. He's got nice stuff. You know, girls go for him. He just hooks up with all these random girls and, you know, they had this jackass named Elliot Rogers. Some of, some of them, you know, worshipped this guy like he was some kind of saint, even though he was not an intel. He was a over, and I mean overprivileged jackass, whiny little bitch. And I mean whiny, and I mean whiny little bitch, because if you read his bio, his little manifesto that he wrote, it's like all he does throughout the entire thing is cry. His entire life is... I noticed that my friend got a girl, so I cried. It's like, oh my fucking God. Like, really? I cry a lot too, but man, at least I cry about like suffering. My life has been tormented because I can't get a girl. And I don't even know if it's like he, the fact that he couldn't get a girl, like he actually wanted companionship. I think he like looked at a girl as a status symbol, as an object that I should have you know, this object, because in his own mind, he, he was so superior because he was born to a, a man from England that he thought was some kind of, from some kind of lineage of royalty or something like that. Um, you know, his, his father worked, you know, I believe worked with George Lucas, something like that. His father was in the film industry in Hollywood. And so he felt he was entitled to this wonderful life. You know, it's like he talks about how when his parents break up and he goes to live with his mother that, oh, we had to go live in an apartment. Oh, oh, how cruel. It's like, how could you worship this guy? This guy's a total cocksucker. Like if you're some incel dude living in a fucking studio apartment, your life sucks, your job sucks. You got nothing in common with Elliot Rogers, bro. You got zero in common except for you're both angry. That's about it. But anyways, yeah, I, I think I was might have been an incel, you know? I, I didn't I didn't have much to offer the world in my teenage years. Except for a lot I, I did have an embittered feeling about me though. Everything was bitter to me. Everything was anger. I looked around and all I did was hate. And I felt like I had been passed over and looked over. And that I was very isolated in some points. And yeah, you know, I, I look, I, I'm going to have full disclosure here and say that, uh, hold on. Mm-hmm. Full disclosure, man, I have manic depression, you know, 
I've dealt with it my entire life. I, 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 I have very bad times, man, of deep despair. And I'm not trying to woe is me. I'm a victim. Of the, uh, no, I have horrendous anxiety. Horre- I mean, terrible friggin' anxiety. It's only gotten worse. You know, how do I control it? I don't sometimes. Sometimes it literally takes over me. Being stressed and depressed about something. Sometimes, like, if... if, if because my brain, for whatever reason, I, I, I have this tendency of linking things together instead of looking at everything as if they're separate um, occurrences. You know, it's not, I look at it as all as one. Like, you know, if, if this happens on Monday, this happens on Wednesday, this happens on Friday, I don't look at it as like that particular thing happened Monday. That per- No, I look at it as like this whole week sucked. You know, it's like, so... I, I have a tendency of going that route that maybe they go, but something that I learn is you can't expect the world to come to you. And I think from sitting around on a computer all day, you get that thing where you, you expect the world to come to you. You have to go out and, you know, first off, you got to get out of your goddamn house. <laughs> got to get out of your house, man. Get off that screen. That screen is no good for you. And yeah, you're probably like, oh, I'm listening to you on a podcast right now. Yeah, I get, yeah, you are. <laughs> but please put your earbuds in if you got some or headphones and go out and see the world, man. Like, you know, and don't be an Elliot Rogers weirdo and sit on a park bench and expect some girl like, oh, hi, good looking man here. Oh, let me fall on myself. That's not, no, people, it doesn't work like that. Okay. They, again, the world can't come to you. Just go first off, make a real friend. And you can do that. Don't tell me I can't make friends. And some of us are light speed ugly. And then you got, then you got to learn like how you might be able to, you know, if your chin's a little weird, we'll grow a beard. If you got this and go, you know, you got to hide your, your, your bad characteristics or your bad facial features or your bad body, like wear baggy clothes, man. This whole thing is tight fitting nonsense we're in right now. Some of us aren't look, do not look good in tight clothes like me. I happen to look good, ask my wife, I look good in baggy clothes because I'm fat, you know, <laughs> like, hi, and, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I'm fat. I try to change, but I guess, Hey, this is who I am. I mean, I go up and down weight all the time. Oh, well, it's not going to ruin my life. Might ruin my heart, but it's not going to ruin my life. You know, it's all good guys. It's all good. Like, you know, the, the old the old saying, you know, that you've heard so many times in your life about there's someone out there for everyone. And then some guys are going, that's all just bullshit. That's just a... No, there really is, though. <laughs> there really is. If you put yourself out there and, and, yeah, I understand the dating scene is so different than when I got into it. Because, you know, now it's all about swipe left, swipe right. You know, you know and yes, women happen to control that situation because, yes, they are the swipers. You know, um, but then go out there in the real world and try it, okay? Like, if you're a weird, introverted, hidden loner type in high school, that's how you're gonna appear online. It's not gonna like you don't you don't get out of high school and then like oh I'm different like like you're gonna appear like that unless you change. Like so so start matching your clothes. Number I seen all these incel dudes man bitching about girls and I'm like looking at what they're wearing. I'm like, well no shit, dude, you're wearing a yellow fucking raincoat. In the middle of summer, bro. Like, she's gonna accept me for me. Okay, but you gotta like try. Like, you know, that's the thing, man. Like, look at look at animals in the wild, dude. They have to do 
all this shit on their mating rituals, the dancing and the this and the that. It's like, you're the, we're the same way. You got to wear nice things. Like Dave Chappelle said, a nice car is like a trap. You know, it's, it's get a, you know, rent a goddamn car, whatever, man, whatever you, who cares if you got a car or not, just clean your apartment up, clean up your room, get your shit straight, go get a shitty job. I know it's beneath me. I don't want to, oh, well, that sucks. Done it. Welcome to life. There's going to be a lot of things that are beneath you. Um, it just, it's, it's what you're willing to do, you know, to make your life a better situation. And then, guys, grow the fuck up, man. You can't live with mom and dad down in the basement eating fucking Cheetos and playing video games all day. I understand if you're 22. If you're 40, no. No moss. Get out of the house, man. It's time to do your own thing. Parents. And this is... Hey, look. (laughs) It's going to happen to me, too. I'm not going to be free from this situation. This is a hard move. If your kid's over 20, man, he ain't going to school and he ain't doing this. Get him out. Out. He's got to go. He's got to go. He has got to get out of the house. Stop it. Quit trying to take care of your kids your entire life. That's not your job. Your job was to age 18. And if he's in college, I guess till 22 to help him get through school. But if he ain't doing shit, if he's not productive, he's got to go. He's got to go. It's time to go. Time to stake your claim. Get out there. Do your own thing. You know? Am I uh, hyper successful? Hell no. I'm on a fucking podcast right now. I mean, I'm I'm not. So, but I do try. I do try. I'll say that one thing about myself is I do try. I try very hard. So, for those of you out there that identifies incels, man, there's a lot that can change about that, guys. But it's only gonna happen with you. That's it. It's not gonna. You, no girl's gonna come along. And just. Oh, look at this dumpy uh, weirdo guy who can't dress, uh, smells, doesn't shave, lives at home, sits on his computer all day. Yeah, sure. That sounds like a hell of a match. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Oh, he's a Chad. Well, because he gives a shit. <laughs> you know, some guys are Chad's because they just care and you don't. And that's why they get the girls and you don't. You do. You got to give a shit, man. You got to clean yourself up a little bit. You have to be appealing to the opposite sex. And like I said, the autism thing, I get it. All right, because you look at everything like it's a video game. You know, looks maxing. I hear all these fucking weird looks maxing, this and that. Well, yeah, you got to maximize your looks. I mean, that's, like I said, that's like, that's out there in nature, you know. So get going, get moving, get your ass up, go get a job, get out of mom and dad's house, straighten yourself up a little bit, dress a little nice. And when you talk to a girl, for God's sakes, don't just talk about yourself. You're not there to, to, to communicate to her, you. You're, girls want to hear themselves talk. Well, maybe I'm a girl. I don't know. No, girl, a lot of women want someone to communicate with. That's what they want. They want companionship. They want to meet a decent guy, a nice guy that's going to listen to them. So if you're just sitting there listening and like just waiting for the minute that you can jump in and go, I play this video game and that's my life. It's like, no, stop. Like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be in, you gotta, you're, yes, you are going to have to change part of you. That's just a reality, man. Like she's not going to sit down and play the video game with you. Like you're not, you're not going to meet, you're not going to meet your equivalent of you out there. Like, God made us all to be separate and individual and sovereign people. So, like, 
you, like I said, you're not going to meet you out there. So you're going to have to, whatever girl you find, you know, girls like guys are funny. Try to just a couple jokes. Don't get weird. You know, um, I know a lot of you guys got some weird kink shit, but maybe let's put that aside for a couple years. You know, wait till you're, I don't even know, man. I don't even know. I'm so fucking tired. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I just, my message here for everyone is like, there, there's, there's hope. There really is hope for everyone out there. There really is, man. Whether you want to believe it or not, there's hope for you. So just keep it alive, man. Keep hope alive. Keep it going. Keep it straight. You know, um, do what you can to attract the opposite sex. And quit blaming everyone else. And for God's sakes, probably not the best time to go get a fucking gun and deck it all out and think about shooting up a school. Like, that's not the way to go, folks. That's not the way to go at all. I get there's a thing now about this app. You know, at least I'm going down to history. At least I'm known. It's, no, you're no, because you're just going to be another school shooter. <laughs> that's it. Just another school shooter. It's all you've been done. It's not good anyways. Quit it. Knock it off. Grow up. Anyways, I love you guys, and thank you for listening. Um, as always, you can reach me at uh, DameBramish2023 at gmail.com. You can also find on Facebook the Dame Bramage Podcast Facebook page. Definitely getting a little bit of traction, guys. I think it's just kind of taking off now. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But um, for all of you that are listening, I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Like, you're just you're helping me so much. Um, I really, in, really appreciate that you give me however long this video, an hour, that you give me an hour out of your day to listen to me. And I'm trying, man. I'm trying to make this entertaining. I'm trying to make this enlightening. I'm trying to pat, you know, go into as many subjects as I can. Um, you know, be very, uh, give you guys a little bit of a variety. So, um, anyways, thank you so much. And uh, God bless you all. And, you know, just look, we're, we're all out here. We're all just squirrels trying to get a nut. We're just doing our best. Um, try to be kind to one another. Be courteous. And if you're in the position to help someone, help them. You know, don't just slam the door in their face because you just, for whatever reason, you're bitter or whatever. Yeah, we're all bitter. Just let's be there for each other, man. We owe, we owe each other so much better because someone somewhere has helped you. Maybe you, you should put a hand out for them. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. Love you guys. God bless. Thanks for listening to Dame Bramage. This has been your not so esteemed host, Jeff. It's been an honor to entertain, inform, and blow your mind. And I gotta ask, was it as good for you as it was for me? Probably not. I've always been somewhat of a disappointment. Shh, don't tell anybody. Anyways, if you need more Dane Bramage, you can go to the Dane Bramage Podcast Facebook page, or you can email me at danebramage2023 at gmail.com. Be good to each other, and God bless.